Welcome to Bare Roots, the podcast that unearths the truth. Allegedly. We're your hosts. I'm Alina. And I'm Shannon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Bare Roots Podcast. Today, we have an exciting episode because we're getting into the musical side of things on the conspiracy theories. And you guys know the drill. This has somewhat of a tie to April and you know, we can not do a podcast on something that didn't happen in April, in April. So we have a special one for you guys. And it's all about the Beatles breakup. A lot of people have talked about it. It's super controversial. So we're going to break it down. But before we do, Shannon, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Yeah. So it's like not super conspiracy theory heavy, but it is controversial. And as of this April of 2022, it will be the 52nd anniversary of the Beatles breaking up, which is obviously like the biggest band ever known to man mm-hmm. ever. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, so that's just one of those unfortunate things that happened in April, like a lot of unfortunate things do. Exactly. And so we're going to talk about it. But before we do shit in, what is your favorite Beatles song? Let's hear it. Do you have one? You always ask me these questions when I haven't <laughs> thought about it. We've like been researching for a bit and like haven't thought about the most basic question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess I'd be basic and say yesterday, but. <laughs> oh, okay. I really like Hey Jude. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) The song Revolution stands out to me is because back in high school, our high school teacher would play that song all the time. So it's Mm. just like ingrained in my brain. But I do think Hey Jude is just, there's something about it. I enjoy that song. (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) Okay, so we're just going to do a quick little synopsis on the Beatles. Obviously, everyone knows the basics, I would assume. But we're just going to like get into that mindset of the Beatles. We're going to take it back to the 60s. We're here for it. We Mm -hmm. have, can I go as far as bowl cuts? Yeah, yeah. Is it a bowl cut? Oh, I'm going to add um, a personal story. I, when I studied abroad in London, I went to Abbey Road where like the mm. famous picture is. And I have to say it's crazy because it's on a busy street. I would have expected it to be on like a nice side street where they could get the photo done. No, no, no. It is full on traffic and people get pissed off if you try to take a photo while they're on, they're on the way to work. Oh, I bet that's Dad. infuriating to be a local yeah. and have to do that yeah. every single yeah. day. <laughs> I mean, did I get a photo? Of course. But like, did I understand <laughs> the pain of the drivers? A hundred percent. I can only imagine dealing with that. <laughs> that's, you know, that's just something you have to deal with if you have the privilege of living there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. So the Beatles, who were actually formerly known as the Quarrymen or the Silver Beatles, was obviously the British Quartet and it was a global phenomenon in the 1960s. We have John Lennon, we have Paul McCartney, we have George Harrison, we have Ringo Starr. And there were a couple other people that switched out, but those are like the main four mm-hmm. that we all know to this day. John Lennon and Paul McCartney were friends when they were younger and they performed in 1957 and they were like super enthusiastic about the American rock and roll scene. So that's obviously where they got their inspiration from. Mm -hmm. Then they added in Harrison and the band just formed from there. They were 
in the booming quote-unquote beat music scene in Liverpool. But then they went to Germany in 1960 and 1962. In the autumn of 1961, they were discovered by Brian Epstein, who he was actually a record store manager in Liverpool, but he saw the potential in them and he saw how good they would be that he became their manager, which is really Mm -hmm. interesting because like, I mean, I guess he has manager skills (laughs) as a record (laughs) store manager, but... Definitely different set of skills, I would imagine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they finally got a contract with Parlophone, which was a music label. And then that's when they brought in Ringo Starr as a drummer. From 1963 and onwards, they rose in popularity. And at first it was like pretty much the young Brits that were into it. Mm-hmm. But then it was getting even more popular with like the other generations. And, you know, of course... It turned into Beatlemania. Their first appearance in on American television was in 1964, and it just went mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. And yeah, they went to the United States. And I mean, we've all seen the footage of when they mm-hmm. arrived in the United States. <laughs> Wild. And I think that just goes to show like how amazing they were to reach a global scale. Mm-hmm. Like nobody had ever seen this kind of frenzy before with any other... Uh, musicians and their music was totally different with the more like pop influence that we know Mm -hmm. today so they're just fun interesting cute cool different (laughs) young yeah they're like snarky yep on interviews and stuff Mm -hmm. in 19 and this is like happening very fast too if you look at all the dates So in 1965, they were made a member of the Order of the British Empire, which is like an honor bestowed by the British Prime Minister. They rapidly changed and evolved between 1965 and 1967, and it became like a little bit more sophisticated and a little bit maybe less a little boy band and more like... We are songwriters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Their public performing ended in 1966, just because like... Can you imagine how busy they were just going on different tours literally mm-hmm. all the time and different shows? They really wanted to concentrate on recording new music and writing yeah. new music. Basically, you know, the Beatles reinvented the meaning of rock and roll in America, not even like world culture, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. probably not the right term, but British and American like music genre. Yeah. Yeah. In 1968, they launched their own record label, Apple. And, you know, they got, they still had widespread popularity. And then the following year, Abbey Road was released and came to be known as the band's best loved and biggest selling albums. Mm -hmm. And it was only in 1970 that they had disbanded. So they went from having, creating their best album. And then in two years, they broke up. I think that's the craziest thing. Like you said, so much of it was happening in such a short amount of time that you would think if you didn't know anything about the Beatles other than the average, like, oh yeah, they were like the greatest band ever. You would probably think they lasted longer than two years, which technically, yeah, they started up earlier and blah, 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 blah. But like from the crazy fandom to their end date, not a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that it had, they were really only on the scene. I mean, they were around in 1960. So I would have thought that they had like at least 15 years, not 10 years of being known. (laughs) And yeah, Yeah. they got popular. I mean, they got popular pretty quickly. They got, you know, in the early 60s and stuff. But 
yeah, the mania didn't happen until halfway through or so. Exactly. So we should talk about some of the controversial theories that people have about like the band breaking up and what caused it. So many people had all these questions. But before we do, let's first hear a word from our sponsor. Righty, and we are back. So I think there's a lot of different moving parts and like theories that people have with the breakup and just like a lot of controversial things that happened. One thing is I don't think people realize the impact of the death of their manager that we talked about earlier. So Brian Epstein died of a drug overdose on August 27th in 1967. And as Shannon mentioned, he has been, he had been with them since the very beginning, like day one fan supporter. And even though he really didn't have experience managing bands, he did manage the Beatles money and their personalities. So this was like the middle guy. In 1966, the Beatles decided that they didn't want to perform anymore. And Epstein did not approve of this decision. And so that is when they started to drift away from him. Basically, there were already cracks showing in the foundation. So when he did die, the band naturally was trying to look for a new manager. However, Paul McCartney requested that his in-laws should manage them. So this kind of causes a conflict of interest. They were not they were losing money by not being on tour. And this caused even more of a heavy strain on the band. So, of course, of the 1968, 69, 70 years, the Beatles spent hundreds of hours in often contentious business meetings at the headquarters of their label. So, you know, they're arguing, trying to discuss the Mm -hmm. matters of business and just like, what does the future look like? And Lennon officially told McCartney and Starr that he was leaving the group during a meeting on September 20th, 1969. And his departure was kept a secret until they could sign a deal of having their label obtain ownership of all their songs. So once the deal was done, Lennon left for good. So he was definitely the catalyst in Mm -hmm. band breaking up in in terms of like official, I'm leaving the band. But there definitely were people were unhappy essentially between the four of them and it wasn't just like john only right and i mean gotta be hard doing this with your friends and Mm -hmm. it already like adds strains to relationships but they're also superstars so they also have i'm sure lots of ego and yeah the egos are kind of battling out at each other and like you said brian epstein he not only manage their money but also their personality so now that they don't have that person kind of yeah you know keeping them at bay I could see how Mm -hmm. that could kind of spiral and I mean I feel like every group at some point like the individuals in the group want to make their own stamp on the world yeah anybody you know you could pick out any band or any group so yeah it was probably just their time because John Lennon was like pretty vocal about like him leaving and that's kind of when everybody all started finding out about the band breaking up people were trying to find kind of the reason right who can we blame for this because they're the greatest musicians and greatest band like why would they ever want to break up so a lot of people started to blame a woman named Yoko Ono and 
she was kind of like, honestly, I don't even know what the word was like. I don't know. She was just like the one to be, she like took on the burden essentially of like so many people thinking that this band broke up. Um, But let's like talk. Yes. A scapegoat. So let's talk about their relationship and how it all kind of just progressed into that. So John Lennon met Yoko Ono in 1966, and apparently they were inseparable. She was an established artist at the time, and they had met at an art exhibit. So I'm like, I feel like they're both creative, so they must have just, sparks were flying. (laughs) Their relationship grew quickly, and they got married in Gibraltar on a whim. So it was very, very fast. And when the band manager, Brian, died, there was a shift in the band as we talked about. And that is when John Lennon himself marked that it was kind of like the beginning of the end. So he became more unavailable with the band and he instead was spending more time with Yoko. I mean, it's kind of one of those situations, like probably it seems bad on the outside, but I think we can all understand where he was coming from. Like he was not interested or invested in the band. It wasn't making him happy. So he was gonna spend his time with someone who does make him happy you know yeah when they would do their recording sessions apparently it was a thing that like only the band members would join but she would come in and just listen like didn't say much but just would listen maybe give her input here and there and apparently that would really bug the bandmates which I can see I can see both sides you know like oh like what's the harm in her just sitting here but then I imagine it's kind of like having a roommate and they're in a relationship and they come over to your house and you're like yeah they're not doing anything bad but also it's annoying to me you know it's like why why does your girlfriend have to be here (laughs) none of our girlfriends are here (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like okay I get it you can't spend like a couple hours away from her why is she here So people started to wonder if her influence in nurturing her relationship with John Lennon allowed him to explore like new aspects of his life and really kind of, I guess you could say was like the catalyst or planted a seed in his mind. Like, hey, I can see you're venting to me that you're not happy with the band. You're clearly having problems. What do you think about breaking up the, you know, and stepping away from it? So, Mm -hmm. and then I think maybe people took that as she's the reason why he left and like maybe she just helped shine a light on what was already gonna happen and in the years past Yoko argues she's like I don't think you could have broken up four very strong people like them so there must have been something that happened within them not an outside force at all so again she's kind of like defending herself and like Mm -hmm. it wasn't me it was never me but people just hold on to this narrative that I was the reason why and I don't know I just think it makes you think about you know why was she kind of one to be like set up for this a lot of people argue it's because she's a woman and a Japanese immigrant so Mm -hmm. she was like different from all of the other bandmates wives slash girlfriends and someone who's outside and different coming in wasn't a good image essentially which I'm like this is so unfair it would be the media to like you know take someone like that poor Yoko Ono again she probably really didn't have any influence over him which just helped highlight you guys are clearly unhappy like why you can't make this work <laughs> yeah like she said the like they were the biggest band of all time like it's yeah. not gonna be me who breaks them up like, <laughs> yeah they all couldn't stand each other anymore like that's right. really what did it exactly exactly 
even if she wasn't part of those recording sessions and if he spent less time with her I'm like I think that would still happen (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yes which is just so sad for like poor Yoko Ono you know like we all I feel like we just have this narrative in our head that she's the reason why they broke up but like in reality it's like "Mm, let's dive a little deeper into that so yeah the Beatles a lot of them had really sad stories in terms of death so back in 1980 John Lennon was murdered by a fan outside of an apartment building in New York City known for celebrity tenants so I think that was like a really oh my god moment in pop culture yeah I think it just had a big strain so poor Yoko Ono is by herself and we just like don't have like answers and poor talent you know just like died way too soon so tragically and then the years followed, the surviving former Beatles members continued to record and perform as solo artists, of course. And I think John McCartney is like really the only one that pretty much is still relevant in this music yeah. industry. I mean, he's produced so many songs. I can think of one with like Rihanna right now. Star was also pretty visible in the 1990s. He toured annually with his all-star band which was like a rotating group of rock veterans playing their hits on a summertime concert circuit, which is super fun. And then for the other band member, Harrison, in 19, or 1988, he recorded with some famous band or musicians, I should say, like Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Jeff Lynne, Roy Orbison. And he pretty much had like a low profile as a musician, definitely not as big as Paul McCartney and like wanted to be in that limelight. So he acted as like a producer of several films as well. So still in the creative field, but very much behind the scenes. In 2001, he passed away from cancer. But in 1999, he actually survived a knife attack at his home, which is really intense. That's insane. Um, Yeah. So RIP to these guys. Yeah, just crazy. Crazy to see how, like, it all shook out, you know, for all of them. No, yeah, it is sad. And, I mean, like you said, Paul McCartney is still very, very relevant and working. And I just looked up, he is 79 years old. Mm-hmm. So, doing well for a 79-year-old, that's for that's sure. That's right. I forgot to mention this up top, but I really wanted to watch a documentary before doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And there are so many Beatles documentaries that, like, I just couldn't figure out which one to do. Yeah. But there is a super recent one that just came out, and I think it's on Disney+. Plus, and it has all this, like, background footage that nobody's ever seen before mm-hmm. of recordings and stuff. I sat down to watch it, and it was, like, three or four episodes, and each one was two or three hours long <laughs> oh my god that's so there's something like there's something like eight or nine hours worth of like, footage to watch and I was I watched the first 15 minutes I'm like I can't do this <laughs> <laughs> I can't commit to this this is like I'm not gonna spend my entire weekend watching this. yeah <laughs> I like, got it sorry go. Beatles. I'm sorry bear roots <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> <Yes>. doing it <laughs> so if you want to watch some content there's plenty to watch yeah but I did also kind of lie about there not being any conspiracy theories because Mm. there is a little fun one Mm, let's talk about it and this happened back in 1969 you know they're still together we're still Mm -hmm. here for it Mm -hmm. and we've seen this um motif before especially with uh, musicians but Mm -hmm. this is the classic the musician has died and has been replaced 
Mm, like our girl um, Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne, exactly, yep. exactly. Yep. So in 1969, a Detroit DJ accidentally started the biggest hoax in rock and roll history. And this is the Paula's dead craze. (laughs) So a mysterious caller called him to tell him to put on the white album, the Beatles white album, and Mm -hmm. spin it backwards. When he tried it, he heard the words, turn me on dead man. And then it just kept going from there. Mm-hmm. And they spun it backwards and heard Paul is dead, man, miss him, miss him. And so this got people talking. And this clearly meant that the Beatles were hiding a secret. And it was that Paul McCartney. And it's very, you know how specific they get too. Like yeah, they yeah, really yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so allegedly Paul McCartney got killed in a car crash back in 1966. So it's been three years with this imposter, mm-hmm. Paul McCartney. And the rumors just spread like wildfire. Allegedly, he died on November 9th, 1966, and he was driving away from Abbey Road late at night. It was a quote-unquote stupid bloody Tuesday, which is another song by the Beatles. (laughs) And he crashed and died. And it's become like a permanent part of Beatles lore. You could see magazine covers of Paul McCartney's dead and all of Uh that. Of course, he denied it. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and they actually picked apart the Abbey Road cover as like a, it was a symbolism for this theory. So mm-hmm. the Abbey Road cover is the cover that we all think of for the Beatles. You know, they're walking yep. on the sidewalk or on the crosswalk. So they claim that this is a funeral procession and the preacher which was John Lennon in white. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Undertaker, Ringo, was in black. The corpse, which was Paul, and he mm-hmm. was in like a suit that you would wear to your own funeral. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in the rear was George in a blue denim because he's the grave digger. Mm. Also, Paul is barefoot in this, fo- in this uh, cover. So mm-hmm. that added to it too. There's a Volkswagen in the background and it's 28IF license plate. And <laughs> that was how old Paul would be if he was still alive. <laughs> My God. These and band they, have a, <laughs> they have another song called I Am the Walrus. Apparently Walrus is Scandinavian for a corpse. But everybody <laughs> back then, like, they all thought it was Greek for corpse, but it's not. It's Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then in the song Glass Onion, John sings, here's another clue for you all. The walrus was Paul. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Paul's a corpse. <laughs> Whoa. So Paul was, during this whole, when this came about, Paul was on his farm with his very small children like I think his newest child was a baby and the life magazine reporters went over to see him and he's like literally I'm here with my family what are you doing but what's interesting is he agreed to an interview and photos uh just to make make the whole thing go away and he said that like the worst thing about the whole conspiracy theory was that everybody was like looking at him so closely for instance, you know, they're like, were his ears always like that? And he was even more in the limelight than he was before because everybody was looking at them, looking at him. So in the November 9th cover story, 
he casually added, uh, quote, the Beatles thing is over. But nobody noticed him saying that because they were so caught up with whether or not he was dead that like he dropped a huge bomb and nobody picked it up. So then, you know, later on, they did break up. You know, nobody by 1970, nobody believed this rumor that he was dead anymore, but Mm -hmm. people were still Mm -hmm. talking about it just because it's like a fun thing to talk about. But something to note, his alleged death date, November 9th, 1966, was the day that John met Yoko. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Mind blown. Whoa. So... (laughs) That's what we have for our conspiracy theory for the Beatles, but it's one of our classic little fun ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've definitely, definitely heard the record spin the number or whatever, like the Revolution 9 backwards, and then mm-hmm. it says something freaky. I've definitely heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fun. So interesting. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. I love how controversial, yet, you know, a little bit of conspiracy theories here and there sprinkled in. Uh, let us know what you think and tell us when you follow us on Instagram, go follow us if you haven't already at Bear Roots Pod. And we'll see you guys in a couple more weeks with another great episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.